Make sure all seats are in the upright position and trays are put away before we take off. KR Media proudly presents Kingdom Rock Radio with your Bible teachers, Pastor Mark A. Stroud. I'm looking to what the Lord Jesus has in his hand for me. And Pastor Suniko Stroud. With God on their side, they were stronger than anybody. Get the latest downloads from our website. You can download today's message as an MP4, MP3, or simply download the Kingdom Rock app to your mobile devices from the iTunes Store or Android Market. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center in Bremen, Georgia. And remember, Jesus is Lord. Well, thanks so much for joining us again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we have a very exciting message, and it is entitled, Fight for Your Right. You know, there was a poor old widow woman in Luke, the 18th chapter, and she fought for her right. And Jesus teaches us the golden rule, pray without ceasing, and you're going to get good results in the kingdom of God. Well, here comes another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio, and this message is entitled, Fight for Your Right. All right, let's go now to the book of, um, book of Luke, Luke 18, Luke 18. And the word of the Lord today is that we have to fight for our rights. You got to fight for your rights. You got to fight for your right. We are not doormats. You're not going to allow people just to walk all over you, demonic powers to walk all over you, sickness and disease, poverty, all these things, calamity and curses, anything, all these things that are coming against you. No, you are a child of the most high God. You're born again. Praise the Lord. And because of that fact, uh, we're not a doormat. And the Lord has called us to fight for all right. All right. Let's look at this. Very familiar, very familiar. We'll start here today. Luke 18. Luke 18. Are you there? And it says this. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Now we're in Luke 18, verse number one. Men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city. I'm telling you, here's the judge versus the widow. Smackdown 2020. It's on. It's Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Smackdown. Two opposing forces. There's a judge. And there's a poor old widow woman. Smackdown. Are you ready for this? It's a beatdown that's about to occur right here in the word of God. Are you ready? Let's take a look at this. So we see in the city there was a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. We're going to talk about him. And there was a widow in that city in this corner, in this corner. And she came unto him saying, avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry uh, day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? 
I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Now today we're really going to deal with verses 1 through 5, but I've read it all to you, verses 1 through 8, to get some context here. Now notice, I'm telling you one day I'll get some graphics and I'm telling you, you see the judge in that corner, he has his gloves on. You see the poor widow woman and the cane, she got one glove on and holding the, holding the cane with the other one. I mean, and it's, it, it's on. Are you hearing me? It's on. It's on. All right, let's look at this. Verse number two says there was in a city. Now, a city, of course, is a jurisdiction. It's, it's, a, it's a place or a town with closed-in walls. Uh, it has a governmental structure. This is a city as opposed to uh, the county or as opposed to uh, the country or some sort of rural area. City, right? A lot of people live here. There are laws, there are rules, there's a police force, there is government. And here we can see there is also a judge in this city. Now, if this, this had been a county or a, a country-wide uh, event, you know, a rural area, sometimes you got to get your own justice, depending on how far in the woods you live, right? You may have to have your own shotgun, your own dog, or whatever. You may have to do something for yourself. But here is a city environment, city environment. There are, there's police, there's fire, and all these things that are there within the confines of the city, and there is government. And so in this government, there is a judge. Now, a judge here really is a, and let me just go basic with you. He is a public official or a public, um, a public officer who is authorized to hear and decide court cases. He has the ability or the authority to say, you go to jail, you go free, you go into the electric chair or whatever, or you get the house. He has the authority to say that he has power. So here is a judge, a man that is in authority in the city, a man of great power, uh, that the Bible says he fears not God. The word fear here means to reverence. In other words, he does not reverence or respect God. Neither does, neither is he inclined to obey the word of God. Are you hearing? And because he does not respect God or reverence God, he probably won't even care if you say, I'm a Christian or not. If he doesn't respect God, why would he respect your Christianity? Are you hearing? He doesn't care about that. He does not care. He says he fears not God. So needs to say he doesn't go to church. He fears not God. And the Bible says neither regards he any man. He regards not man. Regards not mean really in the uh, Hebrew, um, uh, it, it means um, not to be ashamed. Rather in the Greek, it means not to be ashamed. He, in other words, he's, he's not ashamed. You can't embarrass him. Judge, if you don't let me out of my way, I'm going to call Channel 5 News. So? Now understand, I want you to get this man, really get him, because he just doesn't care what people think. He doesn't regard man. He doesn't care. I don't care what you think. You know, some people say, they can make this statement. They say, I don't care what they think. But yes, they do. They really do. They really do. But this man doesn't care about people, doesn't care about what they think. He doesn't even care about God, doesn't care what God thinks. He's just himself. 
He's going to make decisions as best pleases him that's in his best interest. So this is what this widow woman is up against. Okay? The Bible says that he fears not God, neither regards man. And then it says there's a poor widow woman. Now the widows, of course, in, in this day, uh, by law, by the... By the Hebrew law in Isaiah first chapter verse 17 and in Jeremiah 22 verse 3, it is said that special treatment was supposed to be given to the widows because they were defenseless. They were supposed to receive uh, special, um, they, they were supposed to be defended and, um, and the widows of course were commonly poor um, and they were you know, more susceptible to attacks and people taking it, taking advantage of them back in Bible times. Are you hearing? And sometimes today, whether you're a widow or not, people can try to take advantage of you, especially when you're alone or when you've had a loss in your life. Are you hearing? And so here's this lady. We see now she comes to this judge and she says to him, avenge me of mine adversary. Now, the Bible says in verse 3, he says, And there is a widow in that city, and the same came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. Now, in the King James, it really doesn't bring out the real the flavor and the real the meat of this. So we have to go into the, uh, to the Greek text again and find that uh, the word came here really means, the, the, really means to come once and to come twice and to come continually, to come over and over and over and over and over. She goes to this judge all the time, not sure how many times, but he even tells us there uh, in verse number five, least by her continual coming, she won't leave this alone. She won't leave it alone. She understands what her right is what her biblical right is, what she is lawfully entitled to. And she's coming to this judge, the one who is supposed to give her justice, but he won't. Now we're setting, setting a stage here. We're not hanging from chandeliers just yet, but I'm setting a stage and I pray that you're understanding this. So here's his widow who is defenseless, who was, who was, uh, widows were commonly poor, um, but they were supposed to get special or supposed to receive special treatment because of their condition. And she was not receiving that. And she said, avenge me of mine adversary. Adversary means, uh, one who, uh, adversary is, is your enemy, of course, one who opposes another. One who comes against you, the one who's trying to uh, harm you or is doing some kind of harm to you, an adversary, an enemy. Now, in our lives today, this could be a person in the courtroom or this could be some sort of sickness or disease. This could be some form of uh, poverty or some, so, some form of lack, something that is harassing you. Something that you cannot get away from and that you know that you cannot deal with this yourself. So she's coming for relief and she says, avenge me. In other words, give me justice, uh, protect me, defend me from this adversary. Judge, you have it within you to make this go away. I've been dealing with this thing and it won't go away. It's continuously harassing me. And she just doesn't take it like many of us. But she goes before the judge and she begins to fight for her right. Now, here we are right here in this moment before we go any further. 
there is so much right now, so much right now that is tormenting many of us today that are tormenting the people of God. Many of us just stand right there and just take it. Whether it's sickness, whether it's disease, whether it's poverty, whether it's low self-esteem, whether fear or intimidation, something happening on the job, we just stand there and take it. But the Lord says here that in that city there was a widow, one who was defenseless, who did not take it. Now, there are many things. There are two sides to every problem. There are two sides, like there are two sides to every coin. There is a spiritual side and there is a natural side. Spiritual and natural. If there is sickness in your body, most of all sickness has a spirit uh, that is related to it or can be attached to it. When you move the spirit, the sickness dries up. In many cases, sometimes it's a spirit of infirmity, a spirit of sickness. And once that, that is here again, if someone is chronically sick, chronically sick, sick all the time. I'm not talking about the, the common cold, but a chronic sickness over and over and over. Something that uh, you try to get rid of but cannot get rid of it. It, it continuously um, uh, contacts your life. It's, it's a part of your life. It, and you, know, and you, you can't move away from it. Sometimes this thing is a spirit of infirmity that produces that sickness that is within the physical body. And it is to that degree that we're, we're looking at here. This thing is an adversary. Okay? An adversary. Here again, this an adversary could be poverty. You, no matter what you do, you keep falling in the same hole. You climb out, but you fall back in the same hole. It has become a part of your life. It could be a habit. It could be an addiction. You try to climb out the hole, but you get pulled right back down. And you find yourself in the same habit, the same addiction over and over and over again. This is something that is chronic, that happens all the time. Here again, I'm not talking about the occasional headache. I'm not talking about the cold that you get every summer. But this is something that is chronic, something that has been with you, that has attached itself to you. And no matter what you do, it keeps coming up over and over and over and over and over again. It could be the same type of argument there in your marriage that keeps coming up. The same thing over and over and over again. Here again, there is a spiritual side and then there is also a natural side to things. Now... We're dealing with here that chronic thing, that thing that always occurs. And so now this widow has really come to the point where she is willing to fight. Amen. She's tired of taking this. Yeah. And it's time to take the battle to where it belongs. I'm sure there had to be at least one case where she went to the judge and judge said no. And she could have taken it there and stopped it there and went away and went for the rest of her life just putting up with it, just dealing with it. Are you hearing? Amen. And many of us just say, well, I guess it's meant to be this way. I guess I'll never be happy. I guess I'll never be healthy. I guess I'll never have a great marriage. I guess we need to just stay together for the kids. I guess this, and, and I guess I'll never have any money. I guess I'll never go anywhere. And we just stay there and take it. But the Lord said we got to fight for your right. You have to fight for your right. You have to know what your rights are first and then you can take up the battle and fight. 
If you don't know what is your right, if you don't know what your rights are, you cannot fight. You have to know what's on the law book. And here's a law book right here, the word of God. You have to know what the word says. And so here again, here's this widow. She's at the point now where she is ready to fight. I wonder, are you at the point that you're ready to fight? Are you at the point where you're ready to fight? Because listen, you're not going to fight until you're fed up with it. If you can still take more, if you can still tolerate more, you're going to stay right where you are. You don't usually fight. People don't usually fight until they get sick and tired of it. I'm tired of this. I can't take this anymore. This is it. This must end today. And then they rise up and they fight. Same thing happened in in revolutions. And when the people rise up against a governmental body, they've had enough. They've had enough. Not going to take this anymore. And then they begin to do something about it. Now, they could have been enjoying benefits long before this. They could have been enjoying the same benefits. But they chose to wait until they were fed up. Now, again, I don't know what's plaguing you. I don't know what's continuously harassing you over and over and over and over. What has become a part of your life? What has, be, what has attached itself to your life? But I'm telling you uh, that you can be freed of that if you simply rise up and fight. Now, most of our default position is let me just stand here and God's going to move it for me. God's going to move it for me. God's going to, I don't have to do anything. God's going to do it all. He's going to move it for me. Let me ask you one question. How has that been working for you? How has that been working? Remember, there is a God part and there's a you part. There's something that God says we have to do. Now, some of the things that we have to do will be uncomfortable. We will be draining. You won't want to do it flat out. You will not want to do this thing. Some, in some cases, it may cause you to be or feel embarrassed, but you've got to take it and do it. Many of us say, well, I'm not going to do anything because I'm trying to just keep the peace. I'm just trying to keep the peace so I won't say anything, so I just try to keep the peace. But let, but let me remind you once again that Jesus did not call us to be peacekeepers. He called us to be peacemakers. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. The peacemakers. Now, when you begin to make peace, you're going to have to break some eggs. You're going to have to speak your mind. Well, look. What you're doing is hurting me. Your tone of voice, the way you say this and the way you say that is hurting me. And that has to stop today. We're going to have to grow a backbone. And say some things that have got to be said that needs to be said. It shouldn't go to the point that you've tolerated it so much that now you're erupting like a volcano and hot lava is spewing out over everybody. And when you explode, people get hurt. And it's always destructive. Anger leads to uh, temper, leads to rage, leads to your wrath. And then you're so angry, so upset that you can't control what comes out of your mouth. And God help anybody that stands in your way. 
Are you hearing? No, we need to begin to release this stuff. Need to begin to release this stuff before you blow your lid. Release this stuff. Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. I'm not sure who I'm talking to today. But we have to release it. You bottling it up for the sake of peace is not helping. You're simply storing up wrath for another day. And it's just like putting it in the bank. It's going to earn interest. Because every moment that you think about that thing, more adds to it. More adds to it. You think about being wrong, more adds to it. More adds to it. More adds to it. To the point that they do one small thing. They may have come to you and they may have accidentally stepped on your toe. And oh my God, it's nuclear war. Bombs are flying everywhere. I'm telling you, missiles and all that. Boom, 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 boom. Are you hearing? One man said, talked about his wife and said, uh, uh, when I make her angry, she gets all uh, historical. And the other man said, what? What you mean? Don't you mean hysterical? No, historical, because she keeps bringing up the past, bringing up stuff that I've done. I don't understand that. No, remember, love keeps no records of wrong. Once we forgive, we must let it go got to let it out understand something because hidden rage will consume you hidden fire will consume you hidden unforgiveness will consume you you got to get it out turn to your name tell them you got to get it out and you're going to have to say something are you hearing so again there is a spiritual side and then there is a natural side spirit and also natural things that we have to deal with now oftentimes before you go into a confrontation you need to pray first you need to pray first if there is anger of the individual and you know uh, that there is anger they're always angry you know you have to talk to them well then you need to deal with the spirit of anger bind that thing cast that thing off and declare the victory over it in Jesus mighty name if it is sickness, uh, uh, some sort of sickness, then we bind that spirit of infirmity. Remember, the Lord Jesus said that he gives us the keys. And he wasn't just talking to Peter. He gives us the keys of the kingdom. And he said, with these keys, whatever you bind on earth should be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You have to take your keys. Now, here again, being passive, if you are passive in life. If you never assert yourself and if you're always passive, always letting someone run over you, always letting somebody talk about you, all these things. But you say, I won't say anything to them because I'm trying to keep the peace. All that's going to do is one day you're going to go postal. Are you hearing? One day you're just going to let it go. But we have to let this stuff go. And when it comes up, just let it out. Just tell the person, hey, we got to talk for a moment. You remember what you did last week or yesterday when you said something about my hair? I didn't like it at the time. You said it looked greasy. I know. And, and they could be looking at you. Hmm. You, 
You look, you said my hair was greasy, okay? I know you probably didn't mean it, but that hurt my feelings. And, and I just need to tell you that. What are you doing? You're giving them an opportunity to repent. Give them an opportunity uh, to say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know that that upsets you. I didn't know that. I'll try to do better next time. But if you keep it to yourself, next time you see them, you're probably going to wear something over your head or try to avoid that person. And that brings a rift in the relationship. Remember, the enemy really wants to divide your home, to divide your marriage, to divide your relationships, to divide the church. And he'll do that with these small things that add up over time. The small foxes will destroy the vine. Are you hearing? So here's this widow woman. As we're beginning to close shortly, here's this widow woman in uh, Luke 18 that goes to this judge and says, avenge me. Do justice for me. Do what is right. Do what is right. She is enforcing her right. It is not her words that have power, but it is her rights that have the power. Hear me, there is a difference. If she in herself were to say, make things better for me, make things better for me against my enemy, make things better for me, that has no power. But if she goes in and says, according to the law, according to the statute, you are bound to give me justice in this case. Then it is the law that is fighting on her side and not her personal feelings. Are you hearing? This is an example of spiritual warfare. Because when you go before even an enemy, even before some type of demonic force, your feelings and your tears won't cause that old devil to move. Oh God, you know, the devil on my back, in my pocketbook, in my car. Oh, the devil, 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 devil. That does not cause the enemy to move. But when you declare the word of God, it is by the stripes of Jesus that I am healed. He is my healer. He is my deliverer. When you take the word of God, when you take what he said and you put that word in the situation, then you'll see the enemy begin to move. It is the same thing that happened uh, there on what we call the Mount of Temptation when the Lord Jesus was tempted of the enemy 40 days, 40 nights. What did he do? The Lord Jesus constantly said, it is written. It is written. It is written. He didn't put his personal feelings in the thing. He said what was written. He declared the law. And that's exactly what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to know what the word of God declares, know what the word says, and you're going to have to fight with the word, fight with the word and not with your feelings. Well, how did Perry Mason win all those cases on TV? Well, one, it was TV. But two, he knew the law. He knew what the law says. Judge, according to this statute, on such, such, such a day, uh, my client is innocent by this, that, and the other. And the judge has no choice but to side with the law. He has to obey the law. He can try to delay it, as in this case here. He can try to delay it. But the more this lady came and pressed her issues, she pressed her right. She pressed her right. She pressed her right over and over and over again. She knew what was hers. And the more she pressed her right, the more it struck, struck the judge. I want you to see a couple of things here. Now understand something. This is kind of like that uh, J.G. Wentworth commercial, right? It's my money and I want it now. 
It's my money and I want it now. I got to have this now. I know my rights. It's my healing and I want it now. This is my marriage and I want it now. This is my happiness, my joy, and I want it now. Right? I mean, you're getting that fed up. Whether you got to open your window and yell out if you want to, whatever you got to do, you realize it is yours and you want it now. And that you're not going to stand for it, not getting, not being yours. Okay? So let's go back in here again. I want you to see this, see this man, this mentality, see what's going on here. Now, understand something else. By the same token here, the lady said here again, she said, uh, and he would not for a while. He denied her or he just ignored her. He would not hear what this lady was saying. And sometimes when you're in spiritual warfare, when you're fighting for your right, it may seem like nothing is happening. Nothing is moving. It may seem like your prayers are not even going above the ceiling. Nothing is happening. But what was happening is that she was actually striking him. She was actually striking him. Let me show you this. Look at verse number five again. Luke 18 verse five. He said, uh, yet because this widow troubleth me look at that word troubleth this widow troubleth me i will avenge her least by her continuing coming her continual coming she weary me she is troubling him and he doesn't want her to weary him the troubling troubling has anybody ever been troubled before when you're troubled you can't really sleep you can't really eat if you're really troubled about something. Let's say you said something about somebody and you know you hurt their feelings and it troubles you. It bothers you. It gets you to your core. Or someone may be in the hospital. Someone may be sick and that sickness is troubling you. It's not your sickness. You're not the one in the hospital bed. You're not the one with the, with the things in your arms. It's not yours, but what's happening in that bed is, is transferring to you. It's getting on the inside of you, and it's causing you pain. This is troubling me. Every time the widow came and she declared her rights, it is within my right for this enemy to be removed from me. It is within my right. It is within my right. Every time she did that, it was striking him mm, over and over again, mm, over and over again. Mm. It was striking him over and over and over again until it got to the point that he said, I better do something. I better release this. I better do something for this widow. Least by her continuing, continual coming, she weary me. The word weary there really means to be beaten black and blue. To be beaten black and blue. Now listen, you got this big old judge. And you got this poor defenseless widow. But yet and still, she has more power than he does. He has power to say, you go into jail, you go in the electric chair, you go free. He has that kind of power. And it seems like he has more power than her. But no, 
as she continues to bombard him with what the law says, with what the word says over and over again. Listen, the sheriffs can't help him. His bodyguards cannot help him. It is his words, her words, the word of God that she is saying that cuts right through all his defenses, right into the judge's chamber, right into his bedroom where he can't sleep at night. He wakes up in a cold sweat. Oh, I better do something about this lady. I I better do something. I better do something. It is the word that finds its way and troubles what is holding her blessing. So what it may not feel like or it may not seem like your prayers are going anywhere. It may not seem like that nothing is happening, but every time you declare the word of God, it will strike the target. And it will, at first, it will trouble. And if the enemy continues to hold what is yours, it will weary him. You'll see the enemy in the last day with all bruises on him. You say, that's my handprint right there. That's my fist print right there. I did that when he held up my job. I did that with the sickness on my body. I did that when he messed up my marriage. I did that when he tried to repo my car. I did that. Beat him black and blue. You don't know the, the power that you possess using the word of God. Now, many say, well, pastor, I pray all the time. I pray all the time. And uh, I never see anything happen. I wonder what type of prayer do you pray all the time? Most of us think that while we pray worrying prayers, that God hears worry prayers. Let me give you an example of a worry prayer. Oh Lord, please Jesus help me. Rudebeck got the car again, he won't come back. Oh Jesus help me, the dog ate the, the food up out my refrigerator, I don't know what I'm going to do now. Now I don't have the money to buy no gas because Rudebeck got the car and I don't have any money. Oh Lord, please help me. Oh, Lord, thank you. Amen. I don't know what you just did, but it wasn't seeking the face of God. Most of us do those worrying, whiny prayers. And here again, your tears will not move the heart of God. You have to have the word. Don't try to go into an official courtroom and, and go whine and complain to the judge. He doesn't want to hear that. He wants to hear the law. What does the law say? Get you a good attorney, somebody that knows the law, that can represent you. Are you hearing? So, if there are some things that are continuously over and over and over, they are striking you over and over and over, and so much it has really become a part of your life. You think, well, I guess I'll always be poor. I'll always be broke. I never have anything. Uh, you think, well, I, I guess I'll never be well. I, I guess it all, I guess I'm doomed to have a bad marriage all the time. I, I, I guess my children gonna always be bad. They always gonna be baby kids. They always just gonna be bad. I, I guess it'll always be like this. Are <laughs> you hear what I'm saying to you? I guess it'll be always like this. This is Kingdom Rock. Let me remind you. I guess it'll always be like this. But Jesus said, no, you've got to fight for your right. 
know what the word of God says about the situation that is constantly bothering you. Now, you've got a choice. You can completely ignore everything I just said. And you'll go back out those doors and you're going to face the same thing again that you've been facing for the majority of your life. If it's fear that, that always consumes you, every time you want to go ahead, want to move forward, here comes fear. And fear aggravates you and fear always stops you. You can't go anywhere without fear showing up. It's like a third wheel. Always, I'm going to go to the mall. I'm coming too. Here come fear. Always, 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 always. Or you want to go somewhere. You want to go to the mall. You, you want to go on vacation. And here comes lack. Oh, we're going to, we, we're going to Florida. We, we're going to Mexico. Here comes lack. I'm coming too. And lack puts his little stuff in the mix. And then after a while, well, maybe it's not a good idea for us to go. What is always tormenting you? What has been plaguing you over and over and over again? And we've just grown accustomed to it being there. What have you made a room for in your house? That's just been with you. And you no longer try to oppose it. You just, I guess it'll be this way. I guess I'll always be this way. You, you mean, you know my temper. You know how I am. You, you, you know that. You know, you, you know, oh, oh, you know I'm a blow up. You, oh, oh, you know me. You know me. What, what, have you, what has gone on opposed in your life? What is not like Jesus in you or around you that you're putting up with and you're just taking it? The Lord said, you got to fight for your right. Know what God said. And some things you're going to have to say. You're going to have to talk to them about it. Look, you are hurting my feelings when you said this and that and the other. You hurt me. And if they say, so, I don't care if I hurt you or not. Well, you've got to say it. Are you hearing? And you leave the rest to God. You do your part and leave the rest to God. Tell your neighbor that. You do your part and leave the rest to God. Okay? Now, the second and last thing that I want to show you today is this. Sometimes when you're in prayer, here comes a weapon that the enemy will launch at you. He will launch this weapon of unworthy, unworthy. You're fighting and you want to have something in life. You want to advance in life. And then here comes a feeling of unworthiness. Oh, I can't ask God for that because, you know, I haven't, haven't prayed in a while. I haven't studied in a while. I'm not really being the model Christian Jesus. So, you know, still got that stank leg thing sometimes <laughs> and so the enemy launches those feelings of unworthiness at you and he he wants to paint a picture for you that you are not worthy for this blessing that you have no that sh you shouldn't even ask him after what you did last night Tabuki, you shouldn't even be asking God to bless you you know what you did right and he throws all this stuff. You know what happened back in 1956, 1902. You know what you did. You asking God to bless you, to heal you. You know you ought to take that sickness. Matter of fact, God probably gave it to you because you're acting like that. You know, all this sort of mess. This is all mess, you hearing? Aimed at you so that you will stop coming. 
Because the enemy knows as long as you keep coming to him with the word of God, that the word of God will strike the target. And you're going to find your enemy wearying after beating black and blue. And he will release what belongs to you. Are you hearing? But here's the thing. Now you can make a note of this. I'm going to give these to you. Then I'm going to close out today. But you need to be armed for this. The feeling, the, the attack of unworthiness. You, when you just don't feel worthy. Maybe I shouldn't have any money. Maybe I ought to be sick. Maybe this ought to be because of what I've done. So what we're saying is that God will, God, it's okay for God to bless me when I've done good. But it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. Now let me read this to you. Then we're going to close out. And First uh, John the fourth chapter, First John four seventeen. The Bible says here: Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Amen. Amen. Now that's a very bold statement. There, understand that. Amen. As Jesus is. So are we in this world. Now that's powerful. How is Jesus right now? Well, he's God, so he's doing really good. I'm sure he's glowing. Lord, I know you're glowing and there are angels bowing before you. He's real good. There's, not, there's nothing wrong in him. Not one thing. As he is, so are we in this world. Get your head wrapped around that. Now, none of us got that glow right now. At least that I can see right now on y'all. But this is not talking about the physical attributes as it is talking about our stance with God. As it's talking about our righteousness with God. Our right standing with him. Jesus is in right standing with the Father. And because of him, we're also in right standing with the Father. So that when I go and ask Father for something, when I go and ask our Father for healing, for, for deliverance, for, for money, for a new roof, when I go and ask him for something, I don't have to look at me and say, well, I haven't done this well and I haven't done that right. I don't have to because he's not looking at my example. He's looking at Jesus. Because I stand in Jesus. I am in Christ. I have been born again. Are you hearing? So what I do, what I have done has been covered by the blood of Jesus. And when the father looks at me and looks at my request, he doesn't see me. He sees Jesus. Are you hearing? This allows us to come boldly to the throne of grace. And now this is in Hebrews 4. Let me read Hebrews 4 verses 14 through 16. It says, Sing then as we have a great high priest, talking about Jesus, that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. The Lord knows what you're going through. Hallelujah. He knows how you're feeling. The Bible says, but uh, was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly 
unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. In the time of need. I don't know about you, but I need some things right now. And the Lord said, I can come boldly. Now, if you know you've done something wrong, how in the world can you go boldly? Are you hearing? How in the world can you go boldly? Let's say you want to borrow $200 from me. But if you know you owe me $500, how in the world are you going to go boldly? You want to borrow and you ought to owe me what? No, you can't go boldly unless there's something wrong up in here. Your, your fruit, a few fries short of a Happy Meal or something. But normally, with a normal person, Tori, you, you can't go boldly. You can't go boldly when you know you've done something wrong. When you know you've got a record. So how does Jesus say we can go boldly to before the Father? Because we're not going as ourselves. I'm not coming in my name. I'm coming in the name of Jesus. I'm not coming in my righteousness. I'm coming in the righteousness of Jesus. I'm in Christ. Christ is in me. The hope of glory. He makes me right. Right? We are saved by our, by our faith, not by our work. And so I can come before the Lord boldly. I can say, Father, I need this or Father, I need that. I can ask him. I can make my request known unto him boldly and I will find help in the time of need. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We're done in Jesus' mighty name. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.